Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. I'm here today with Bruce Curdy. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, David. How are you doing today? I'm doing okay. We're having a little bit of little bit of, oh my wife just turned on the bread machine there uh we're having a little trouble technical difficulties uh with skype so hopefully this will uh work out okay certain certainly worked out okay for the oilers today bruce that was a very very enjoyable third period i mean the owners were absolutely throttled stomped in the first period they were lucky to come out of it they were out chance to think it was what eight to one on grade a chances but in the third period they out chance the rangers 10 to 3 on grade a chances they scored three goals they are five, and they are the best team in the NHL right now. Well, they're tied with Carolina Hurricanes. Are they five, at 5 and 0 too? 5 0 yeah. and 0, yeah. Carolina won their fifth last night. Sweet. Oilers matched them on Saturday morning. And, you know, all that myth about the Oilers being uh, a terrible team in day games, they ran a stat by me today that kind of blew my socks off, even though I was kind of aware of it. Last year, they played eight road games in the afternoon, and they never lost any of them in regulation. Five wins, and that's <laughs> three Batman points. So Wow. Yeah, that's what I said. And they last year, they won an early October game in Madison Square Garden. I think it was probably 52 weeks ago today. Uh, Saturday morning, similar thing, and they won that one three to one. So... Alrighty, we're doing our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast, Bruce. What is your good thing on the day? Well, I've been sort of chewing over a few things. Uh, A lot of things went right today, uh, obviously. Uh, I'm going to single out Matt Benning because I really liked his game. I thought it was one of the best defensive games that I've ever seen from this guy. Mm. Uh, he had uh, uh, offensively just the one shot that he rang off the iron, but in his own end, he was a, he was a stalwart. He stopped uh, plays. He blocked shots. Uh, he broke up plays entering the blue line. He won puck battles. He moved the puck out. According to the stat count, he had three hits, two takeaways, uh, two block shots, uh, and that doesn't count a lot of plays where he just won battles and moved the puck. I know there was one play in the third period where he kind of bounced a, an outlet play through the neutral zone, and the many Matt Benning haters out there will have jumped all over that play and probably not noticed the other ones, uh, such as the rocket he took off his wrist in the in the first period when he took one for the team. Hard to, hard uh, but I like I liked his game a lot, and another plus one for uh, for Matt Benning. And on the third pairing, geez, a guy that can just sort of keep things quiet out there is uh, what you want. So, well, he's my pick today. I don't I, I don't mind having one defenseman who struggles to move the puck a bit on the team, and he does, for completely honest. But he he did have he is a solid positional defender and a, and a really hardworking defender. I don't have actually any problems with his defense at all uh you know um the interesting thing is when larson comes back what's going to happen because i right now the way uh pearson and bears bear are playing i i don't see how you can take either of them out of the lineup and it'll be between larson and benning <laughs> so that's that to me that's what it is and you might you know if if pearson and, and bear keep playing this way with bouchard on the farm it makes a very interesting trade position for, sure. for the others so we'll see what happens there i mean it's too early to yeah. to make any rash or hasty statements as sometimes I am 
prone to making, but uh, I won't make it today. So Bruce, my good thing was was Leon and um, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, at even strength, was in on eight grade A scoring chances today. Wow, that's amazing. At evens, at even strength, and the, the um, man that power play is going going well too. The Oilers power play looks so good right now. <laughs> but um, Dreisaitl, we just keep saying this game after game, he is dominant. He's uh, playing great offense. It's hard to break up that line when it's playing so well. Um, although like maybe one member might be demoted soon. But McDavid and Dreisaitl are playing very well together. Dreisaitl is absolutely dominant with the puck. Um, he and McDavid are just ripping this league wide open right now. They continue to get the odd call from the referees, which is uh, a welcome change. Uh, so it's just, it's all good, Bruce. This is... If those guys remain healthy, healthy this year, we are going to be in for a treat, I think, uh, game after game after game, especially because the support staff uh, mm-hmm. on the team, the support players seem to be a lot better. So it right. uh, could be fun. Well, yeah, I mean, in large part because of the team effort, it was one-to-one with 10 minutes to go in the third period, and that's when the game-breakers step up, stepped up and broke the game, right? McDavid from Drysaddle, Drysaddle from McDavid, Drysaddle into the empty net, it's 4-1, and they're cruising home with two more points. So, Bruce, of the eight grade-A chances that Drysaddle had, six of them were shots. Mm-hmm. Six of them were shots. So, uh, man, he's just, uh, he's become, uh, if maybe the elite gunner in the NHL, in Ovechkin, it's between those two guys. So, pretty good. All right, what's your bad thing, Bruce? My bad thing is Zach Cassian's stick. Uh, I thought his body played an okay game. His head was kind of in between. Like he made a couple of pretty funky decisions. But anytime his stick got involved in the play, there was trouble. And, you know, he shot the puck six times and he missed the net with five of them. Uh, he had four giveaways in the game uh, tied for the team high. And yet he led the team with four hits. And I thought largely he was a positive influence, but he was at the most positive when the other guys had the puck and he was just sort of doing the doing the dirty work, including on the on the three one goal where he jam- I thought actually thought it was his goal where he jammed away it, at us. Yeah, I and, think that was Lundquist couldn't squeeze the pads together. And I don't think if Cassian's not there, I don't think that puck gets through uh Lundquist. So I mean completely agree. Credit credit where due. But it was a very strange game for him. I mean, he had a he had a breakaway where he decided to make a kind of a wimpy pass off to Drysaddle. It was a kind of a poor decision. He had a goaltender interference penalty that was yeah, kind of questionable. But if they'd have challenged and lost the challenge, they would have been two men short for two minutes, and they were already down a goal at that time. And uh, so he was right kind of he was kind of tough luck schleprock. In some ways, but uh, like he didn't stink in the game, but he, he had, he had, <laughs> anytime his stick wasn't, his stick stunk. That's, that's all I'll say. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to say that the stick is connected to the hand bone and the hand bone is directed by the brain. Okay. So it, like I, <laughs> I was his decision making and I noticed it before, like, I mean, the obvious play that everyone's going to talk about is the breakaway that he. He made the wrong decision on, right, obviously. He, but he, he was deferring to Dreisaitl. But strangely, earlier in the game, there was two or three times when he held the, what I thought, like, he held the puck too long. He had a chance to move it to McDavid or Dreisaitl, and he just held it that extra second instead of getting it over there to them. 
So there was, it wasn't just holding it too long. There was a number of the puck that I thought were, or for the first time this year, he just seemed to be not totally, totally functioning on that line, not, not up to speed with the other players on that line. Nonetheless, he, he puck protects well, he wins pucks, he's tough. Like it's to say he's not working on that line is absolutely incorrect. He is working on that line. He's working very well on that line. Uh, so where are we now? It's my bad thing. Hmm. I think I forgot what my bad thing was. All of a sudden, I was just riffing on Cassie. And <laughs> uh, let's go to your number, Bruce. I'll, I'll have to return to my bad thing. It wasn't the start of the game, was it? Uh, it was going to be that, but then I think I changed it up. Go ahead. What's your number? Uh, okay, here's my number. My number is uh, 39 minutes and 58 seconds, and my other number is 10 to 0. Uh, that is the combined total time that Edmonton Oilers have trailed in hockey games this year. Uh, they've trailed in every game. They're the first team in NHL history to go 5-0 and with five comeback wins. And not only have they trailed by one goal at least once in every game, uh, they fell behind multiple times against the Kings and Devils, fought back to win those games. And you know what? Ten times they've fallen behind by a goal. And all 10 times, they tied it up uh, at a total elapsed time of 39 minutes and 58 seconds. In other words, they all those deficits combined were basically two periods of hockey at the end of which the order scored each time for a 10-0 margin. I mean, it's impossible, right? It's not, it's not beating the odds. It's something altogether above and beyond that. Everything is going right for the Oilers right now, and they fall behind, they find a way to even the score, and they find a way to do it fast. Uh, my bad thing, Bruce. I just, I'll just, I'll just make one up on the fly, but because it did bother me. I don't know why Patrick Russell came out of the lineup. Honestly, mm-hmm. he that line was going great guns uh, for two games in a row with him on that line. Mm-hmm. They put Archibald in there, and as was pointed out oh. by both Drew Remenda on TV and Rob Brown on the radio. He made a and me in the game trades. <laughs> yeah, he, he he and he didn't. He was okay on that line, but that line was was really in sync. It was really going, and I don't know why. You, you you're winning games. Why do you take out Patrick Russell um, from that line? So that's my bad thing was that decision from the coach and then the follow up. I didn't think Archibald was other than that play. He was fine. He had some okay plays, but um, uh, I didn't understand that. And of course, Clefbaum didn't look too good on that goal against either um bruce my number is 12 and that's the number of saves that mike smith made on grade a scoring chances he let in one goal he had 13 grade a chances against he let in one goal that is by any standard an absolutely that's a superlative goaltending performance and uh, he made a number of fantastic saves he looks so good in the net he moves the puck well I mean, it looks like the Oilers have a number one goalie right now in, in Smith. I mean, I, I just don't, Koskinen's playing well, but Smith, that, that game and the first game that he played against Vancouver, like those, those are, there's, he's kind of stealing games because the Rangers had those eight scoring, grade A scoring chances in the first. They were kind of unlucky, I think, on a certain level not to score more, but it was also Smith. And then in the third, he made a couple huge saves. So that man is playing net. Like well, for the po- a 37 year old, that's astonishing. The post made two of those saves in the first period. Yeah, but uh, he got—he was very, very strong. I graded him an eight for this game. Uh, I, I thought he really was a, a big part of the win. You look at it and you say, well, four-one, they were in control, and they were. 
down the stretch, but for large portions before the stretch, they de- they definitely weren't. And especially that big penalty kill, two men short in the early going. Uh, Smith stood up uh, with some big stops in that in that stretch, uh, and he had a he had a few first rate. I like I thought he tracked the puck really well, and scrambled across the crease and you know got in the line of fire. Like in the third, he made a terrific save off a rebound off of I think it was Leah Anderson. Where the first shot, like it was hard to control the rebound, but then he got over and, and it looked like I thought the guy was just going to slam it into the open side. But by the time he let it go, Smith was already there. And his puck handling in this game was not really a factor. He didn't really do much with the puck, but he'd stop it. And that's the main thing that the goal is supposed to do, right? So very fun. Yes. Very happy with his performance. Four or five little passes. It's interesting, Bruce. We've seen some interesting teams, some good teams. Uh, and the Islanders, Rangers, and Devils are all kind of constructed in the same way, and it's the same way that the Oilers are now constructed with puck-moving defense and skilled forwards. The NHL really has, the NHL really has gone whole hog for fast, skilled hockey. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it's exciting, extra exciting for the Oilers because they, they've bought into it finally. And Shirelli, after his huge a career-threatening mistake of going for heavy hockey when when the NHL with its rules and every other team was going in a different direction, or many other teams are going in a different direction. I mean, he was correcting course already, but Holland certainly accelerated that and 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 pushed it this summer. But these games are, uh, you know, of course, again, they have the glow of it for an Oilers fan of the Oilers' victory hanging over it, but they are fun games to watch because they're, they're up and down games, lots of still plays, lots of passing, and uh, hope to see more of it. And another sweet center breakout pass from Ethan Bear on the 3-1 goal, eh? Right up the middle and gone. They were they were gone up the ice, and they wound up uh, popping her home. On the, he got an assist this time, and, and uh, he's, he's earned one by now with, uh, with some of his excellent puck handling and passing. Do you think, I think that Playfair and Tippett are telling them the first pass you look for is the middle pass. You look there first. If it's not there, then you go to the boards or you go Maybe. side to side. But, but I think that's option one. That's plan A. Plan A is to move that puck as fast as you can up the middle of the ice. Just explode up the middle of the ice with it. But if it's not there, and if you have, if you have any doubt, like if, you, if there's a doubt about it, if you feel doubt, don't do it then. But if you see it, that's what you look for first and you do it because that's what we're seeing. And I don't think you can like just do that unless that's your option A, like that kind of pass. You've got to be looking for it. You've got to be thinking of it. It has to be kind of a, a team commitment to make it. And we certainly didn't have that under Todd McClellan or Ken Hitchcock. That wasn't their style of hockey. It was up the boards, up the boards, up the boards. And um, certainly a welcome change. And, and so far has been, I think, uh, other than a couple bad preseason moments, it's been really effective. Yeah, well, it's been so far so good with head coach Dave Tippett. Like, there's not much to complain about when you're five and zero. But I mean, uh, uh, he's got the team doing some good things, and like I say, I think some things are kind. They're just on a hot roll in some ways. But people were saying after the last game, well, they looked like a team at the end of a of a winning streak, and yet today they came out and they won going away, and and you know. When's the last time any Edmonton Oilers team went into the greater New York and came away with six points? I had a better feeling actually about today's game, Bruce, than I did mm-hmm. about... I thought the guaranteed win night was... was uh, Guaranteed, excuse me, last night was against New Jersey. So did I. Because that was a desperate team. I just... Yeah, I yeah. thought... for And they almost lost it, right? That was a... 
in some ways that was this was a much better performance today except for the first period i mean other than that the oilers were the better team for two out of the three periods and and a in the dominant team by far in the third period. So uh, I had a good feeling, you know, kind of heading into the game. I thought they would likely win this game. Uh, so, and uh, good to see they did. So it's, what's the next game? Is it Chicago? Yeah. Monday night in Chicago. All right. And they continue to play even numbered dates for the foreseeables day on day off, day on day off. So it's a, it's a nice rhythm. And the, the rhythm broke a little bit today with the day game versus everything else being night games. But uh, hey, it's uh, now they got a little extra rest while they fly west, and uh, uh, they're set up mighty well. So you're doing the game grades today? I am. I'm well along, and I uh, got some cleanup to do. And actually, I mean, I've got lots of comments done. I actually have the grades to add, but it's it's close. Alrighty, we'll leave it there then. Thanks for talking today, Bruce. Thanks for listening, everyone. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast.